Welcome to Talk More Talk's first episode of 2020. We hope you all had a wonderful holiday season and a great new year. Welcome back. We're glad you're here. We're glad to be back. Can't believe it's already 2020 and we have already got a lot to talk about. I'm one of your four co-hosts tonight, Tom Hanyadi, and you may know me from my other show, Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast. But on tonight's show, we're going to do part one of a series where we each pick one McCartney solo record and discuss if we feel the B-sides and the bonus tracks should have been on the album. Um, it could be any album. I mean, we know so many albums he did uh, consisted of probably a doubles album's worth of material. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about a lot of those songs. But before we get to that, we're going to get to my co-host. First up, she is... So many nicknames. I mean, if you ever watched uh, Rocky, Rocky Two, and they announced Apollo Creed's got like thirty nicknames out here, you know. <laughs> and and uh, she is the uh, first of all, she is the queen of lipstick, and she is now heavily restocked on lipstick, and she's ready to go for twenty twenty. She is Dr. Kittle Tool, and we all know her as the author of this one right here, Michael Jackson's FAQ, as well as this guy right here, songs we were singing. And uh, it's great to have Kit back. Kit, how you doing? I'm doing great, Tom. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year. Great. Next up is the uh, YouTube sensation. He's rocking the world. He's with his uh, rant Sid videos and all of his uh, solo Beatle and Beatle finds, his record finds, and uh, just great to have him part of the show. And uh, he's actually now going to be part of the show full time, and he is Mr. Mean Mayo. Oh, hello there, Tom. Thank you very much. Uh, hello, everybody. And let's ring out the false, ring in the true. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, Kit, do you want to you know, give an update with uh, with uh, Dr. Kenneth Womack and um, yeah. talk about what's um, going on with him? Absolutely. Oh, well, let's let's introduce Ken. Yeah, first, okay, let's uh, do that. First, yeah, we'll do lastly, that and then I'll get it. You yep. know, we'll save the best for last because, yeah, you know, you know, he is he is, you know, he's a very busy guy as well and very honored to have him here on this show. He is the host of the very long running syndicated radio show, Every Little Thing. And as I say, it is every little thing. If you listen to his show every Wednesday nights, you could hear you know the you know the popular stuff you could hear some stuff that you may never even heard of before maybe something like ballad of skeletons i don't know i mean not many people have heard of that one before but anyways not only that he's also the co-host of you know one of my favorite uh, beatles podcast things we said today and he is the one and only ken michaels what's going on ken 
Thank you, Tom. I'm going to hire you as my publicist. All right. I yeah. tell you. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy 2020. I hope that all of you, including everyone watching, at the stroke of midnight, played Ding Dong Ding Dong. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about all Lang Syne now. That's right, all. Right. That's, that's in that's the past. so past. That's yeah, so I know, 1890. I know. You know, <laughs> I even made a video toasting while it was playing. If anybody yes. wants to see it. <laughs> oh, cool. I nice. saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Nice. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, just uh, before we we get going with the news and everything, just uh, yes, an announcement that um, Ken Womack is still part of the show. He's going to be more of an occasional guest, and he'll be at our live performances as well, uh, which uh, will be in the future. Telling you about the New York Fest, um, but uh, but he is so he's going to be because he is you know his travel and everything he, his schedule is so unpredictable that it got to the point where he said i think i'm going to have to do just occasional appearances so we have uh promoted joe <laughs> me mr mayo he is now a full-fledged member so yeah. there are five thank you five of us to talk more talk so joe i mean you you pretty much are we're already a member anyway but, right. but we're i'm but officially we're now he's, he's no longer the wings Right, there you go. <laughs> he's no longer the pinch hitter. That's right. Yeah. He's no longer in the, the starting. He's in the starting lineup now. <laughs> Thanks. It's been a lot of fun. I can't. I can't believe April will be almost. It'll be a year that I've been doing shows in April already. Jeez, oh, yeah. shows up time flies. Yep. 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 Yeah. Sure right. does. All right. Well, before we get to tonight's topic, we have Ken with all the latest and greatest. Ken, you know what to do. There's a lot of news to get to because it's been several <laughs> yeah. weeks here. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we have to start the news with uh, very sad news that I'm sure everybody has heard. And that is of the passing of someone near and dear to us in the Beatle world. And it was quite a shock for all of us. Um, so unexpected, that being Neil Innes. And Neil was a part of the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. He was, uh, he's been called the Seventh Python, big collaborator with members of Monty Python. And of course, he was Ron Nasty in the Ruddles. And he wrote all those great Ruddle songs. And there's so much we can talk about. He was a brilliant, funny man. I can't believe that I had the privilege of interviewing him uh, in 2018 twice. Uh, one for my show, Every Little Thing, which is also on my website, and also for things we said today. And he was so full of life. He was sharp, sharp as a pistol, so witty. I mean, it's kind of like John Lennon in a way. He reminded me. Um, or Robin Williams. He was rapid fire with what came out of his mouth. But um, uh, two very wonderful interviews I did um, with Neil. And uh, just want to get you guys' thoughts. There's so many things that he was involved with, Beatle-wise. First of all, just let's mention the Bonzo Dog Band. They were in Magical Mystery Tour. Mystery Tour right. And um, they were part of the cabaret scene where they sang Death Cab for Cutie, which is how the band of the same name got got their name from that yep, song, right. Death Cab for Cutie. And it is a highlight, too, for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just also, that damn black bar just keeps getting in the way. <laughs> Why I was say, yeah, because it's all about the music in that scene, right, guys? <laughs> That's what you guys like. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> also, um, with all the right. Monzo Dog Band, the biggest hit they had in the UK 
was a song called I'm the Urban Spaceman, which went mm -hmm. top 10. And Paul McCartney himself produced the song and actually played ukulele on it. Okay. So, um, and then you could talk about the Python yeah. uh, relationships and being in uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And he wrote Braves for Robin, the, the really yes. funny song in there. Best and, part of the uh, movie for me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I love um, it. Want to talk about the George Harrison videos that he was in? Yeah. Uh, you probably know Cracker Box Palace. Cracker Box Palace. He's the guy who's, well, he's dressed as a woman. Um, and um, he's pushing the baby pram in Cracker Box Palace, and George's head pops out. That's mm -hmm. the deal. And uh, one thing I didn't know until I interviewed him was that he was in the video for True Love. Mm. Because um, in the in the song, the Cole Porter song, the words are, uh, for you and I, we'll have a guardian angel. Well, he is an angel in the video. And in Britain, they had a newspaper called The Guardian, and he's holding it up and reading it. <laughs> so a little pun there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of you are aware of that, that he's in that video. No. And mm. then um, also this, of course, the Ruddles, yeah. you know, they're, yeah. they're the greatest Beatles parody of all time. And their two albums that they made are priceless. Uh, I don't know how someone has the, the incredible ability to take stuff from Beatles songs and twist it just a little bit to make it its own song. And Neil was able to do that so well on those two albums. So and they're um, they're good songs too. Brilliant. Really good songs. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. That that really takes talent to not only, you know, write songs that are, you know, sure they're kind of a parody of the Beatles, obviously, but they he doesn't just copy them. You right. know. Yeah. Yeah. He he really transformed them in, into something else, and they were funny um, and all that. I mean, that is that is true talent to to write mm. a, a kind of a, a an imitation in a way of a band, but but transform it and make it your own. And that's right. I mean, I give him a lot of credit. That's that's real talent. Yeah, yeah. and um, he was a guest a few times at the Fest for Beatle fans. Mm, and yes. uh, the reason why I got the two interviews is because he was about to appear there at the fest and he just released an album um which is called nearly really difficult to say he actually uh did tour last year with the ruddles in the uk for a couple of months right and i know that um john cleese and michael palin had some very nice things to say on his passing if anybody would like to hear the interview that i did privately with him it's on my website at kenmichaelsradio.com. It's on interviews page four. Everything there is all arranged alphabetically by artist. And if you want to hear the one that we did on things we said today, you can find it on YouTube and also on Podbean and iTunes. It's show 263. Okay. But he will sorely be missed. Yeah, that's for sure. Eric Idle has yet to say anything about his passing. I haven't seen anything yet. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, just passing on December 26th is Les Chadwick. And he was the bass player for Jerry and the Pacemakers. Um, the group was actually the second pop act signed by Brian Epstein, also produced by George Martin. And Les stayed with the group until their split in 1966. Mm. Now, some news that, uh, you know, we're, we're in this group, we're very excited to, to talk about here. 
according to an internal universal music catalog of upcoming releases, Paul McCartney's Flaming Pie will be the next of his archive releases to get the royal treatment, remastering with the box set, and the release date is given as July 24th with a limited deluxe edition containing five CDs. Five. Wow. And uh, two DVDs. Yeah. Makes you wonder what's going to be on that. <laughs> yeah, I've got some guesses, but, um, you know, he had a lot of projects going on in that time. I mean, he was working on Standing Stone um, at that time. He was working on Rushes at that time uh -huh. as well, uh, Ballad of Skeletons. I mean, he had a lot of stuff going on. So, I mean, it's it's be interesting to see, um, you know, what gets added. Uh, you never know. And maybe there might be another remix, too, since there, it's five discs. You never know. Yeah, you know? uh, it's possible. So, I don't yeah. think he'd mix the classical with with his pop. I don't think yeah, he would do that. Maybe but not. But he, he he added Thrillington to the Ram set, so I mean, it's uh, that's true. Yeah, you know, that's, that's true. That's the only reason why I thought it was a possible. It may be a possibility just because. Start of that. saving now. <laughs> it's going to be a, a well, nice nice set for yeah. all the Let It Be stuff and Flaming yeah. Pie. <laughs> yes. Oh, how can Start I forget that? Now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Perfect segue to my next news item. <laughs> according to Ultimate Classic Rock, it looks like Peter Jackson's documentary on the Get Back Let It Be sessions will be coming out in October. However, a companion book called Get Back the Beatle has been spotted on Amazon, and it's described this way. The authorized story of the making of the Let It Be album and the Beatles breakup told through exclusive photographs transcripts of the recording sessions and an essay by British uh, playwright and novelist Hanif Qureshi. Release date for the book is October 15th. It retails for $49.99 hardcover. Publisher is Callaway Arts and Entertainment. And I'm told you can pre-order it. So we do know that the Peter Jackson film is coming out in October. I'm okay. guessing, well, what about the audio? Right. I'm thinking yeah. that, that should be, I hope, in May, which would be the 50th anniversary, or would it all come out at once? We don't know. We haven't heard oh, the word yet. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Intriguing. Can't I can't wait? I, <laughs> I am. No, I mean it. I am very yeah. excited about let it be, especially the Peter Jackson film. I, I, mm -hmm. I really can't wait. Right, and then we also have the original Let It Be album, which is going to come out remastered. So, mm -hmm. in addition to all that. So this could be as expensive a year as 2018 was. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, get your get your charge cards ready, everybody. Time to, time to make it rain in here, right? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> time to well, make he, some extra videos. You're <laughs> say 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 in the tonight, Tom, with yeah. the money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. News about Mary McCartney. Mm -hmm. She is now a TV star. She has a new TV series, a cooking show which premiered on the Food Network yesterday at 9 a.m. Eastern, called Mary McCartney Serves It Up. Her very first guest on the show was Stanley Tucci, and she's also working with the Food Network to host a series of on-demand cooking classes, which you can get through the Food Network Kitchen app. The classes and TV show will showcase Mary's vegetarian meals. And actually, if you want to see that first episode, it's repeating tomorrow. That's January 7th at 1.30 p.m. That's Eastern. And January 17th at 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. Okay? Mm. Now, uh, I know, Tom, mm. you should you should really be up on this. I know you are, since you're a big Star Wars fan. 
Yes. Slash oh, yeah. film, slash film.com. Yes. <laughs> Reports that the new film, The Rise of Skywalker, which you've seen, yep. includes a number of stormtroopers being played by famous people, one of which is Danny Harrison, yep. who was involved in the film playing FN0802. So we're going to have to assign Tom to figure out which one. Is really Danny in the film? When when I go see it for the third <laughs> when I go see it for the third time, I'm going to uh, make sure to pay attention to that. <laughs> okay. Also, producer Nigel Godrich, who worked with Paul yeah. oh. Chaos and Creation in the Backyard, he is the stormtrooper too. FN two eight zero two. Okay, we just mentioned uh, Ken Womack, the ever busy Ken Womack. <laughs> who's already authored many Beatle books, like The Beatles Encyclopedia, a two-part biography on the life and career of George Martin, Maximum Volume and Sound Pictures, and the recent book on Abbey Road called Solid State. Well, he's got another one coming out. It's called The Beatles in Context. And Amazon writes that the book brings together key themes to better explore the Beatles' lives and work and understand their cultural legacy, focusing on the people and places that were central to the Beatles' careers, the visual media that contributed to their enduring success, and the culture and politics of the time. Mm. Expect that one in March. And actually, because I, I have a chapter in it, so um, <laughs> so uh, right. it's, it's go yep, it's going to be a, a collection of of all different essays about you know putting the Beatles in the context of uh, their their time and and uh, you know it's uh, I did a chapter about the Beatles and Bob Dylan, so um, so it'll be uh, it'll be really an interesting book when it comes out. So hopefully March and hopefully premiering it at the fest. Fingers yeah. crossed. Mm -hmm. He's put out nothing. But great material, mm -hmm. so, uh, quality yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he must have. He must have learned how to stop time or time travel or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I can figure. Somebody, this, you know, as busy as he is, and he's been able to, you know, do such great things, and you know, in this time, it's uh, it's really amazing. Mm. And we are going to have him on to talk about Solid State, probably Beatles in context. So mm. he'll be back for that for that kind of stuff for sure. Okay, yep. in future right. episodes. We're looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. yep, absolutely. Yep. Um, another new book is a Paul McCartney book coming out in January called The Paul McCartney Catalog, a complete annotated discography of solo works from 1967 to 2019 by Ted Montgomery. And Tom, you had him as a guest on two. Yeah, yep, um, absolutely. Anything you could tell us about the book? Um, well, like I said, it's it's due out in um, in January, and it is his complete discography, including classical and experimental and, and covers albums. So um, it is an opinion piece, uh, just so everybody is clear on that. And um, it's uh, you know I'm looking forward to it. You know, like I said, I'll talk about having him on uh, later on in the show. Okay, very nice. Uh, we got to mention the fest for Beatle fans coming up. It's March 27th through the 29th at the Hyatt Regency, Jersey City on the Hudson. Special guests include Jenny Boyd, that's Patty Boyd's sister, with her new book called Jennifer Juniper, of which the Donovan song was named after. Special guests also include Billy J. Kramer, who is premiering a new single. Don Deniman, who I believe has never been at the Fest for Beatles fans. He was a member of the Circle. Remember Red Rubber Ball and Turn yes. Down Day, and they they tour they uh, toured with the Beatles in 1966, and um, Brian Epstein managed them. 
So he's going to be there. And Lawrence Juber will be premiering his latest CD of Beatles songs called The Fab Fourth. Hmm. Just a few more things. The Weakling's new album called Three is being released January 17th. It'll be coming out on Collector's Edition, Blue Vinyl, and CD, and it includes their remake of Friday on My Mind with Peter Noon. Very cool. And their cover of Baby You're a Rich Man and their new single called In the Moment. Okay. They put out two really superb albums. Their new one's coming out January the 17th. And finally, I just want to mention for Beatles fans who are also Monkeys fans, that there'll be a Peter Tork Memorial Convention happening in New Haven, Connecticut, on February the 8th at the Best Western Plus. And special guests will be there as well as Monkeys merchandise and memorabilia. I hope to make it for that. Okay. All right. I think that covers everything. Uh, wow. that's, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Very cool. Well, um, as I stated earlier in the show, we're going to be discussing you know, B-sides and uh, bonus tracks, and these bonus tracks could have been on, you know, a later uh, reissue or kind of like the archives series, are, you know, have been releasing a lot of great um, bonus tracks and tracks we've we've never heard before, such as like It's Not On and uh, You Better Stop, You Don't Know Where She Came From, you know, stuff like that. And um, um, we thought, you know, a few weeks ago, what a great topic it would be because, you know, I feel McCartney is his own worst enemy when it comes to choosing uh, tracks for his albums. Um, he usually leaves a lot of really good tracks, or maybe it's that's his plan all along. You never know. You know, put a really good track on a B side because, as we're going to talk in a minute, I mean, these B sides are are really good. Um, I, I I really don't like the word leftover when it comes to bonus tracks because it just doesn't, you know, half the time everybody just ends up loving these songs anyways. And, um, you know, just in general, I mean, how do you guys feel about uh, B-sides um, while, you know, growing up collecting singles? Is that something that you guys um, look forward to or was it something you just, you know, disregarded or, you know, just look forward to the A-side? Um, start with you, Joe. It's always always fun, always to get a, a bonus track, uh, something that you back then actually had to have the physical 45 disc to mm -hmm. actually hear it, you know, uh, and all of the Beatles tended to do that, whether it was uh, John with Move Over Mizell or Ringo with Down and Out and Paul certainly with all kinds of B-sides yeah. from a woman mm -hmm. or why... Uh, and on uh george too miss odell yeah always a lot of fun and uh something something special and i like the fact that back then you had to actually seek it out and collect the 45 you know today we're spoiled we have everything just mm -hmm. maybe on compilations and so forth okay um kit yeah, I mean, I, of course, fondly remember collecting 45s in, uh, in my youth. And uh, it, you know, it was an extra treat, although uh, we were talking about this a little bit before the show that, you know, there were times when uh, an artist you could tell or, or, or the record label, whatever the case may have been, didn't always view the B-side as important. I mean, sometimes it'd mm. be just the, you know, dub. Uh, mix, you know, the instrumental mix on the other side. But mm. occasionally you would find like, you know, by Prince or Paul um, mm. and others, you know, these these little little gems. But, you know, I think it's it's um, shame. And Ken, I think you're going to be talking about this in a second. But <laughs> the way, yeah, the, the term B side 
is sort of a loaded term, you know, it, it yeah. is sort of, yeah, it, it insinuates that it's somehow inferior. So right. I probably took the A side when I was younger, more seriously quotes, right. but you know, as I grew older and wiser, I realized <laughs> that, uh, that there were some real hidden gems. Well, the Beatles uh, themselves right. taught us that. Exactly. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Paul, I mean, George to some extent, but I think it was Paul that really utilized, you know, the, the B side well by just not always adding something from that particular album, um, whether it, you know, throughout his whole career, whether it was like something from Band on the Run or or um, from Tug of War, you know, we had non-album B-sides on those. But uh, Ken, what about, uh, what about you? I mean, I know you've always appreciated B-sides. It's part of the fun of being a fan and, and, uh, yeah. and, and, um, and buying all this stuff is, is hearing non-LP B-sides, standalone singles, period, right. I love. You know, um, very often the B-side could be just as good as the A-side or even better. And mm -hmm. like Joe just said, the Beatles proved that. I mean, right. why must B-sides have a connotation of being inferior? Uh, in, in many cases, it could just be the artist felt that it didn't fit the album, or maybe, and I do believe this in some cases with McCartney, that he feels that it's it might be a song that's out of character, it's more experimental. Mm -hmm. It may not be something that people would expect to hear on his albums, so he'll do, you know, something like, uh, you know, I Want You to Fly from mm -hmm. Chaos and Creation or, or Hang Glide or stuff like that which people wouldn't expect to hear on his albums, possibly. But, um, you know, and over time, our impressions of all songs could change, and something that you didn't think was all that great as a B-side may be more interesting. So, you know, I love the fact that he puts all this stuff out there, and it, it went from being B-sides to bonus tracks on cassettes and CDs and, yep. mm -hmm. and CD singles. I love the whole import CD single period of you know, off the ground and, and flowers in the dirt and all of that and getting two or three extra songs with the single. That was wonderful, you know, in addition to having the album. So it was such a bonus getting all that. And um, yeah, and it kept you interested. Mm. So right. not that I needed that. But. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Mm. So we all picked an album uh, from Paul McCartney's catalog that had you know, quite a few B-sides and some bonus tracks thanks to the archives that have been released over the years. And um, and we decided that we would uh, put it in chronological order. So um, I'm going to go first. And the album I picked is uh, Red Rose Speedway, which uh, thanks to the archive set, we've got a, an official release with, with all of these, these great tracks because we know that he initially wanted it to be a double album. And unfortunately, it wasn't. So we had all of these tracks that just ended up you know, eventually coming out, or they were B-sides, because I know we got one from uh, B-side from My Love, we got one for a B-side of, of um, What Live and Let Die, and then we really didn't hear much of, of those tracks until later on when, when Denny, I think, released what Japanese Tears, and I think a couple of tracks of... I would only smile. Yeah, I would only smile, thank you, yeah. yeah. So gradually, we, we started hearing some of these songs, and, um, and then, you know, we got Seaside Woman eventually, too, but... Um, but what I wanted to accomplish with Red Rose Speedway is because I think Red Rose Speedway is a good album. And 
I think what I did here is I wanted to try to make it a great album, in my opinion. So I just took, you know, I, I think the A side is is a perfect aside as Paul has ever done in his career. And that's as you know, it's all just my opinion. And I just wiped out the entire B side. I think the stuff that was left off this initial um, double album, I think a lot of it is better than what was on the uh, the B side. So um, what I ended up doing was, like I said, I took off the um, I took off everything that was on the B side and I added, um, I lie around. I added, I would only smile. I allow, I added best friend and I added the mess and seaside woman. And what this does for me is it accomplishes two things. One, it's presents the band, which Paul McCartney initially wanted to do with this mm -hmm. album. It presents wings as a band with other vocalists. Right. And I know that's what he wanted to accomplish, but the studio said, no, we're only going to make it a single album. But in my opinion, he still had that opportunity to make it to present wings as a band. And, um, and the other thing I think this accomplishes too, is it shows with um, Best Friend in the Mess that they were a really kick-ass live band. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's, you know, my take and that's, you know, how I think I made Red Rose Speedway a good album into a great album. So just my opinion. So, so well, if anybody's got any comments on that, you know. Yeah, I can tell you one thing. I, I think I mentioned this before, but the last time that I interviewed Denny Sywell, he told me that the band chose the material for mm. the album. It wasn't just mm. Paul. And right. so it wasn't just a case of what's the best songs. It was more what songs flowed well together. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's an important thing too. I don't know if I necessarily agree with with all your choices there, Tom. It's just that's again, fine. this, yeah. is, all, this yeah, is all exactly. opinion. Exactly. But, um, yep. You know, I love the whole medley on on site. Oh, I, I, I know the medley has its fans, but I don't yeah. think it did anything to accomplish the fact that you know what Paul set out to do and you know make Wings its own band. I just thought he ruined the chance to have you know other members share their vocal talents as well. That's a very good point. Right yeah, there, yeah. Mm -hmm. but you know, I love when the night, especially that's one yeah, of my favorites. Yeah, and right. and uh, you just talked about experimental, Paul. I think mm -hmm. the first Indian on the moon. Right. Mm -hmm. Everyone's divided on that song. A lot of right. people think, "Oh, you right. can toss that one aside." But I love it. That's interesting. That's interesting. And I'm not saying, and I'm not saying never use those songs again. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, utilize those songs that I didn't pick for maybe B sides. You know right. what I'm saying? Or or for later albums, or you know, or something else. But but I think just um, the fact that. You know, he's so vocal about wanting to, in the past about wanting to make this, you know, Wings an actual band that I just thought, you know, this was here. It, the opportunity was still there. And I think he he lost, you know, sight of that. And yes, in 1882, Sarah, I think is one of the best, best songs from that, from those sessions. Great, great song. Mm. Great song. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Anybody else? Well, I'm glad you said the mess because I I have always been baffled as mm. to why that didn't get more attention than, and why that wasn't a regular album track. I mean, that just rocked. I, I loved it. Uh, and I didn't discover it until 
you know, sometime after that album was released. And I think I even remember, I think the first time I encountered it was at a Beatle Fest. I think they had a, a clip from um, uh, the uh, Paul McCartney special and, you know, they performed it. And I just, mm -hmm. I loved it. You know, I just yeah. thought, wow, where, where has this song been hiding? You know, and right. so, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. I, I think that al or that song deserved a lot more attention than, mm. uh, than it got. Cool. Oh, I must give I must give it some attention because you know Red Rose Speedway. Some people will know has never been one of my favorite uh, albums of Paul's, uh, but uh, I also have to catch up on the double album that came out. You know the extra stuff mm -hmm. because I'm ashamed to say, as a person sitting here, that I have not given it its due yet, and I actually got it as a gift. The, the special version of the vinyl uh, mm -hmm. with the extra tracks on it. It's still sealed. <laughs> I haven't gotten to it yet. And I never got the archives set only because I'm waiting. Hopefully you can get it a little cheaper right now. Right. Um, but yeah. um, so I'm behind on this and I'd like to hear these other tracks hmm. and, and see, you know, what you're saying, Tom, about yeah. how maybe it would have been a stronger album if it was, if it was a double or if other songs were substituted in there. Right. You know, some cool. of the tracks I really like a lot on, on it. On mm -hmm. the, yeah. I got to tell oh, you, yeah. though, um, Tragedy is oh, such yeah. a beautiful Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Granted, it's a cover. I have no problem with cover versions and everything. I mean, even at that time, Love is Strange is one of my favorite songs on Wildlife. But, um, you know, I first discovered Tragedy when it, when it was on the Cold Cuts bootlegs. Mm -hmm. And I just don't understand why that didn't make the album. I mean, that right. could have been a single to me. It's mm -hmm. a lovely arrangement of that song. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Some you know some other good stuff out there too. Um, I didn't include Henry's Blues because I don't think it's got an official uh, release yet. So I only stuck with songs that um, you know were officially released. And um, but uh, so many great songs. I'm, I'm so glad that he you know he added that extra feature of uh, you know a reconstructed double album, which you know I I, I thought brought a lot of. Um, cool tracks out on those albums but um let's see here so we're gonna move to uh, the next person and i believe it's kittle tool who um chose uh, uh an album which you know a lot of people either love or hate and uh you know and she's uh, i think she's a defender of the album and uh, she's going to talk about press to play Yes, this is the the ever divisive album um, among <laughs> among fans, and and uh, and you know I think we'll be doing a show about it in the future, Joe. And <laughs> I'm trying to keep the straightest face. I'm not giving away <laughs> yay or nay. <laughs> no, face. I mean. I, I've always been a defender of, of this album. Yeah, it's very different than anything he did, uh, for sure. Um, and uh, but I, you know, I kind of like the experimental aspect of the album. But there were three songs that were recorded during those sessions that ended up on uh, on you know B sides, and they were added to the album uh, later. And I believe it was the 1990 compact disc um, yeah. uh, version. Uh, so, but I'm working from the original one I knew, which is, yeah. you know, on cassette. So, you know, kicking it old school. So, uh, so that's <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> this is the original. Oh, thank you, George. I just had someone say, "Love press to play." Love you, George. Okay. <laughs> So, um, but anyway, so uh, there are three. Uh, the first one is, I think, a, a 
really another lost gem, which is right away. I, I just say it's so catchy. Yeah. Is just so darn catchy. Uh, has a little bit of a jazz tinge to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the piano on it is uh, is just uh, you know terrific. And you know, are the lyrics deep? You know, deep meaning? No, but uh, but it is just it's it's a you know classic Paul McCartney, really well crafted pop song. I, I think. I mean, it's it's just uh, first time I heard it, uh, which was uh, well, and it, it later came out too. It was the B side to Pretty Little Head, which is another song. It's so weird, but I love it. Um, I like Pretty Little Head. <laughs> I love. It. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's great. It's it's weird, but um, but uh, oh, good. Or number. Okay, we we'll have to do a press to play um uh, special later. I'm get, we're okay. getting a lot of <laughs> we're, we're getting a lot of positive comments here, so. These are these are our people. I've, so, been pushing, and, I've been pushing for a press to play show. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Ken, Ken, and I have been the defenders of, of yeah. press to play for sure. Um, but anyway, so I I love that one. There's also it's not true, which was the B side uh, to the single press, and uh, and it's it's so unusual because it starts out with this thundering drum beat so you're you're getting ready to hear some you know paul gonna rock out and then it becomes the soft ballad and uh i mean you know it it just he really throws you for a loop on this one um but kid um can i interrupt there's two versions of it's not true yeah there's the The the, one that's remix yeah the one that you're referring to was on the cd Mm -hmm. with the electronic drums in the very beginning there but the more simplified one was on the B side of press. Right. Yep. It's yeah. Very so, different in that way. Yeah, they are. I kind of like the the I don't know. It's for some reason I like the powerful drum version better because it's just so unusual. Mm-hmm. Um but but you know regards it's a it's a you know nice song. It's again I wouldn't say they're his absolute best lyrics, but um, but it's you know the melody um, the melody's catchy. Um, you know, I just have always uh, liked that one. And then the other one, "Tough on a Tightrope," mm. um, which I've always liked as well, and thought, why the heck didn't he put that um, on the album? Uh, was the flip side uh, to "Only Love Remains," which. Is Ken and I have discussed this many times. We think it's one of the best. I like ballad. only what remains. All right, so Joe, you're with us on that. <laughs> That's two. <Excellent>. Yep, exactly. <laughs> one of his greatest love songs ever. It, ever. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Tough on a tightrope is is really you know it's got almost a, a folk quality to it, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of a Celtic uh, almost quality at the beginning. Great guitar solo too this soaring guitar solo in the middle and i just love that phrase um you know the title phrase that whole uh the you know about being tough on a tightrope i mean you know mm. the, the tension of the i i just think it's it's really um a very interesting song and i think that if these songs had been included um you know, maybe people would have liked the album a little bit better because to me when you hear these songs these are a little more you know, I hate to say typical. Yeah, traditional. I thank you. I was going to say typically, and I wasn't <laughs> saying that in a negative sense. But yeah, these are more like what you would kind of expect from Paul. They're melodic, yeah. you know. And instead, you know, people would hear "Pretty Little Head" and think, "What the heck is this?" Um, and maybe the track I would knock off of "Press to Play" um, 
for any one of these is uh, however absurd. That that was the only one that really didn't connect with me. Um, mm. But uh, but otherwise, I like pretty much all the other tracks on on that album. So yeah, so I just kind of wonder. And this is all conjecture that, you know, had these three songs been included on the album, who knows? You know, maybe it wouldn't have, have polarized so many fans. I, I don't know. Well, remember, Press the Play came out on CD and those three songs were on there. So anyone right. buying CDs became familiar with them anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but you also have to mention this other song that I was talking about before called Hang Glide. Yes. Mm -hmm. that's, that's from the same sessions. And it was uh, an instrumental mm -hmm. that is very uh, electronic and kind of new age. It reminded me of Jean-Michel Jarre's music of the time. And um, it was only on the 12 inch for press. And anybody who listens to it would probably say, would probably not know that that's Paul McCartney. Obviously because it's an instrumental, so you're not gonna hear his vocals, but it's so different. And I think it's a really cool track. If you like exploring Paul's experimental side, check out Hang Glide. Mm -hmm. Go to YouTube. Play it. It. It's very different. It yeah. really is. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and you mentioned um, uh, Right Away, which I think is the best of all of those, uh, except for one song that hasn't seen a release yet, which is one of my all-time favorites, which is Yvonne, is the one. But um, yeah. but right away, um, you know, it's 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 a fun, playful song in the same vein as you know, I'll give you a ring, you know, double meaning type song, mm. and I, I I think that would have been perfect. I you know, it is really cool that that was a B-side because I think that would have. If you're a McCartney fan, get you interested, you know, in in, in the the album press to play itself. Um, the same with, um, you know, tough on a tightrope and uh, the other one too. Uh, all all good B sides, but I think the, the album, like you said, I think would have maybe resonated with with the fans a little bit better uh, if those three songs were on that album. But I mean, it's mm. still it's still a good album. Yeah, I think and we're getting. Yeah, I think the, the the problem that people have the most issue with on that album is the production. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. People over. say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, know, uh, I, you know, it bothers me whenever people think of the 80s sound as being dated. It's not yeah, dated to me because it's a constant in my life, you know. Mm -hmm. but, um, I love 80s sound. I love yeah. heavy drums. I love pretty little head. That's about as eighties as there is on there. Uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, um, I also love McCartney too, and that's different in eighties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know that stuff. Definitely. So I don't know yeah, what it, you know what it is. I like I like Press to Play better than Driving Rain. Yay! Okay, <laughs> we agree on that. <laughs> But I think I think I'm going to really enjoy it the next time I play it though, because it's it's been growing on me over the decades mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah, All I think right. the play is definitely a grower. Um, so, you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. judging uh, on all the comments we're getting, I think I think we're going to have to do a press to play episode. We're right. getting a lot of good comments good. here, so yep, Sounds that'll good. be in the future. Yeah. Cool. Right the, on. The, one other thing you have to mention about press to play is that many of the bonus tracks were just different mixes. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that more when we cover the album. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean Pretty Little Head is very different. You hear Paul's vocals right up front, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Only Love Remains is a different mix with a sax in there. Sax solo. There's a lot of things that were different about these mixes. So yeah, right. I, I cool. like the video, some of the videos. Like I like the pretty little head video. Me too. Uh 
I, I also enjoy, of course, everybody. I think somebody even made a comment. I'm sorry, I don't remember yeah. who. The video of Press, which I, I like that song, mm -hmm. too. One of right. the best, I think, yeah. That's a fun video. video. Mm -hmm. I think it sounds very contemporary. Mm -hmm. you know, yep. I can listen to it right now and feel like it just came out today. That's mm -hmm. me. But for mm -hmm. people who really dislike the 80s sound, and there are a lot of Beatles fans who, who are that way. Yeah, I know a lot of people. Miss the album for that yeah. reason. Yeah. A lot of people, well, enough people that I know don't care for the 80s. It's a, you know, a subjective thing. Yeah. Me, I, I, I like the 80s. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I believe uh, Mr. Ken Michaels is next because his pick was Flowers in the Dirt. That's right. My favorite McCartney album. That's true. That's of true. All, all Which his, I'm surprised you picked that because you consider it your, your, you know, your favorite of his album, of his album. So why would you, you know, pick that album? Because you know, do you think you can make it better with with the B sides and bonus tracks? Only a little. Okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, that's the thing. I mean, "Flowers in the Dirt." I love every single song on it. Mm -hmm. You know, McCartney, if there's one word to describe his music more than any is eclectic. He does more musical styles than anybody else. He does a, a, he dabbles in everything in Flowers in the Dirt. And, you know, I love even stuff like Uele Soleil. I like his dance stuff. I like something quirky like Don't Be Careless Love, which took a while for me for that song to grow on me, by the way. But um, the thing with Flowers in the Dirt is it's a very complicated thing. If you were to look up Wikipedia, it actually says that it took uh, about four and a half years to record Flowers in the Dirt yeah. from October of 1984 to 1989 to uh, January of 89. And so that includes, he was working on Press to Play then. There's all this other music that Paul was working on with Phil Ramone and yeah. David Foster. Yeah. And some of that stuff has been released. Some of it's been bonus tracks for Flaming Pie. Yeah. Um, and where does all that belong? I mean, it's been released. Some of it, a few things have not, like "Return to Pepperland" is right in that. Way. That's an amazing yeah. song to me. Yeah. But of the stuff that has been released, you gotta say "Flying to My Home" is one of. I the was just best. gonna yes. say, one yeah. of, without yeah. a doubt, one of the best B sides he has ever put out, and he's put yep. out a lot of great ones. That's um, a killer song, yeah. Instead of taking out anything from Flowers, I would just add that. <laughs> yeah. Really. I mean, it's got a lot of commerciality to it, and then it has a quirky feel to it, kind of ramish in a way. Mm -hmm. I like the, um, like how the, the vocals are changed. I like his voice is not, is not the usual yeah. cartoon voice. I like yeah. how they changed his vocals on that. And Great I like song. starting the song in a cappella. Mm -hmm. yeah. How cool is that? You know, to start yeah, a song nice. that way. Um, also, I don't know where you, where you place this. What do you do with Back on My Feet and Once Upon yeah. a Long Ago? Oh, because yeah. it's, in, it's in that time period, but it was a single about a year and a half before Flowers in the Dirt came out. So is it really a Flowers in the Dirt song? Either it's earlier, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it, like I said, it came out a year and a half before the album, but yeah. so much well, of but, Flowers in the Dirt material is from several years before it came but, out. But once upon a long time ago was was commissioned for a completely different pro uh, project. True, that's yeah. true. It was supposed to be so, for the Princess, for Princess Bride. Bride, correct? So, uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, and it was rejected for that. But I'm just saying, only in terms of what was recorded then. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, for me personally, you kind of, you know, if 
you had once upon a long ago, which I really like. Uh-huh. And if you and if you had back on my feet, which I really love, if you, if you put both yeah. of those on Flowers in the Dirt somehow, and took a couple of others off that I personally don't care for as much, it would have really boosted the album in, in my mind. Mm-hmm. No, you know, I mean it's another album where again, I, I just so happens the ones that you, you, three of you have picked, are ones that you know are not among my very favorites all the way through. But uh, oh, you're yeah, fired! I, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what a time! What a time to come up with this. Uh, so we are flying to my home. Wonderful. Back to back on my feet. Wonderful. And uh, which other one I just mentioned? Uh, uh, once upon a long ago. Once upon a long ago. Would, those, would those three. I love those three. I love them all. Those three. But would you yeah. even think of them, once upon a long ago, and back on my feet as being flowers would, or songs? Back on my feet, I would just because of the McManus uh, connection. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, right. Um, of course. Okay. You know. But but like I said, once That's upon a long ago, I would. You know, I wouldn't because of the fact that it was commissioned for, you know, a movie. Okay. Well, some of the other material that came out from Flowers in the Dirt was The First Stone. Yeah, that's a great one, too. Um, that's from the Love CD that. single for this one. That was the first yeah. song that Paul wrote with Hamish Stewart. It's a pretty yeah. good rocker. I don't I know if so. I would put that on the album and take anything mm-hmm. off, but I think it's it's good as a bonus track. Um, I Want to Cry, which really doesn't belong in Flowers in the Dirt material because it's really from the Russian album, Sessions. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's another song that was on uh, this one CD single, "The Loveliest Thing." Right. Yep, that was the yeah. B side to uh, "Figure of Eight. That's a great ballad. I like that's that. From, it's one of the many songs he worked on with Phil Ramone. I think that's okay. the uh, the long lost uh, Billy Joel song right there. I I think that's got Billy Joel written all over that song. I love it. Huh? I never mm-hmm. thought of it that way. Never thought but, either. Yeah. Okay. All right, but I do love that that particular song. Um, I would consider that possibly for for um, Flowers in the Dirt. Um, there's Good Sign, which was the uh, B side for the for the second 12 inch for this one, mm-hmm. um, and that's a really good dance track. I like Paul's dance tracks, but that's Me fairly too. long. I don't know if I, if you've already got Uwe Le Soleil on there. I don't know if I would add good sign to it, but I like having that as a bonus track. Mm-hmm. Party Party, that's from the World Tour Pack Edition. It's okay. I like having it as a bonus track. I don't think it's a fantastic song, but you know, it's nice to have. I'd rather have all this extra material than not have it, but it doesn't right. mean that it, it, it belongs on the album. Right. Of course, there's the Put It There CD single, which has Mama's Little Girl on there and Same Time right. Next Year, which makes no sense to put on Flowers in the Dirt since they're both <laughs> wing songs and, you know, from the 70s. So it doesn't even belong anywhere with Flowers in the Dirt. But mm-hmm. just just to give you an idea um, of some of the songs that Paul worked on in this whole interim from 84 through 89, some of which came out as bonus tracks, um, the Phil Ramone stuff, you have P.S. Love Me Do, you have Back on My Feet, Love Come Tumbling Down, yep. Once Upon a Long Ago, Atlantic Ocean, Love Mix, Return to Pepperland. There could have been a Phil Ramone album there. Yeah. <laughs> really. Um, so where do they belong? Some of them ended up as bonus tracks for Flaming Pie, which makes you wonder when Flaming Pie comes out, is he going to put some of those Ubu Jubu bonus tracks on there with these songs on there? But they're not from the period of Flaming Pie when Paul right. recorded the songs for Flaming Pie. So like I said, it's very complicated. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. if I had my way, and there's also um, 
Same Love is a great ballad from Paul, which was a bonus track on one of those Ubu Jubu uh, tracks yeah. from Flaming Pie. I love uh, this house. Um, I love this house. Yeah, that's, all yeah. Those songs. that's fun. So where do they really belong? They may end up on Flaming Pie, but um, if I had to pick, I would say definitely just add Flying to My Home. That's a must. Um, maybe put The Loveliest Thing. Um, that's really it. I mean, I like all those other songs as either B-sides or bonus bonus tracks. Yeah. 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 See, the option you have, I mean, in my opinion, I think Motor Love at over six minutes is a little too long. Yep. <laughs> you know, so maybe I would cut that in half to maybe make room for, you know, maybe flying to my home. So mm -hmm. I think that's an option there. And then how many people has never been one of my favorites. So oh, I think me personally, I, yeah. would, I would take that off. But uh, but great, great pick. So, I mean, I think flying to my home would have been a great addition to uh, to uh, Flowers in the Dirt for sure. Yeah, we agree yeah. on Motor of Love. I, I actually love yeah. the song because it, it, to me mm -hmm. it has a very strong gospel feel to it, much like right. that day is done. Mm -hmm. But it does go on too long. Yeah, you could trim a minute to a minute and a half of that. I think I wouldn't cut it in half. But mm -hmm. yeah, I would definitely do that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. How many people? I love that. Okay. Could have been a single to me. Really mm -hmm. catchy. It's nice to hear Paul doing reggae. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Very cool. All right. Anybody want to add anything to uh, to Ken's uh, remarks? Just Ken, a party part. Just a party party is one of my guilty pleasures. Oh, I'm just, yeah. uh, it's just <laughs> so it's just fun, you know. I mean, but I agree, it doesn't belong on the album itself. But yeah, as a B side and and or bonus track, yeah, it's it's fun. You know, I've I've just for some reason. That's just always been a, a guilty pleasure of mine. We all have to do guilty pleasures. Hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, yeah. It's a fun video, too. Yeah. I, I, it is. The, I the love kick the out of video. Mm -hmm. you know, it's a really cool yeah. video. Okay. So, all right. Cool. Um, right. Yo, um, your turn. Yes, sir. And you have the privilege of talking about um, off the ground. La 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 la. Go for yes, it. Yes. One of your favorite albums. Oh. Um, from what I understand. <laughs> no. Uh, it, there's an album that I feel is one of Paul's most underrated albums. Okay. Along with Back to the Egg and some others, maybe. Um, and uh, I, I just really enjoyed it right from the beginning when I heard Off the Ground. But when I got a lot of the CD singles, I noticed a lot of really good bonus tracks. And, uh, wow. Uh, I have a list of something like 10. There's probably... 11 or 12 of you, if you count the different versions of Deliverance, which mm -hmm. I'm really uh, not good. I think Hope of Deliverance should have been a, a big hit single. I think Paul was robbed, and that wouldn't be the mm -hmm. first time that he was robbed of, of, a, of a hit, uh, that I think. But just to talk about some of the tracks, the first one I want to talk about, uh, well, I went to see Paul. I had one tickets in 1992 to see him MTV up close in New York oh, City. Oh, wow. And I was about... I don't know, six, seven feet from him standing there. Uh, of course, I'm not that tall, so you couldn't really see me. But I can point. <laughs> my, I can say that's the back of my head there every time I watch the video. And uh, one of the songs that he did, he was, he was. This was uh, in December of '92, and of course, off the ground hadn't come out till February of '93, I think. And he was debuting a lot of the songs there. And I remember he got to one called, which you'll know, "Big Boys Bickering." Yeah. And it was, he said, this is a protest song for another one from the new album, which he mm. 
like whether he got cold feet or the record company got cold feet or whatever reason uh it wasn't issued on the album uh i like that uh paul really has a lot of guts in that song now i am not somebody who just says yeah sure just throw the f-bomb around you know mm-hmm. uh, i'm not a fan of swearing in music certainly not just for the sake of it i i can't stand that but to hear paul doing that really was uh, risky risque for me i thought for, for coming mm. from him but it fit the song actually and that's not the main reason i like it though uh, i just think it's a really strong message i think uh the accordion in there that's yeah. uh, played by Paul Wickens is just really tasteful. I really enjoy that. And there's a, a, more than one song where the accordion compliments it. Another one is uh, Down to the River. Mm. Down to the River, you have an accordion break in there that's really nice, and that's kind of a fun song, another bonus track. Um, Kicked Around No More oh, is another one. track that oh, I really wow. like. You got Linda's mm. harmonies in there. Yeah. Which are really nice. I always, I've always enjoyed Linda's singing and harmonies. Uh, I always said mm-hmm. that when it was in Wings, she was a very integral part of Wings. I really believe that. Nice, you know, soft uh, track. So that's another favorite of mine. And should I mention Cosmically Conscious? Now, mm-hmm. uh, I love that song. I'm talking about the one that's like five or six minutes. Right. You get a little taste of it near the end of the official album of Off the Ground. But I think that, wasn't that written in India? Wasn't that an earlier track that he he did as as a beat, I believe? But that's from the the school of songs that I can listen to for an hour, even though it's the same thing over and over again. There's some songs like that for me. Stuff like Fly, Robin, Fly, (laughs) Silver Convention, (laughs) stuff like (laughs) Funky Town. By Lips Incorporated. If it's a groove and if it's catchy, I just, I don't care how long. It just is so psychedelic and mesmerizing. I love that song. That's one of my favorites from there. Uh, then I'll bring up another track, Long Leather Coat. Yeah. Yes. Which is a, a rocker. Uh, written with Linda, I believe. I believe mm-hmm. she had a, a hand in that. Yes, she sure and, did. Uh, you know, Yep. That's a good example of a song where I mean I don't have to necessarily agree with the subject matter of a song. Like I'm not a big, you know, animal rights guy. That doesn't mean I'm against animals. Let's not start anything. That take care of our animals. What I'm saying, <laughs> I'm not like an activist, <laughs> uh, you know, an intense activist or anything like that. Uh, and there's lines in there like you know your long leather coat is nothing but a handful of skin. Uh-huh. In that particular song, which is again, you know, has a point to it, has a has a message there. I also like back to the actual album, "Looking for Changes," mm-hmm. uh, which is a you know a mm-hmm. song on you know behalf of the animals. Now, those are the ones that I that I really like. Um, there's so many that I think over the years I haven't really had a, a, a chance to really let these sink in as much as I should. So I was re- familiarizing myself with some of them and. Uh, I think it was a DJ who's now my favorite DJ, Ghosty. Yes. <laughs> I saw a comment that he made on the Talk More Talk Facebook page. Yep. I Ghosty, great show you you yeah. do have there mm. if you're yep. if you're uh, watching. And I think he said that uh, it's a shame they left off uh, "Sweet Sweet Memories." Memory. Great song. And oh, yeah, that's did he great said song "Style thing. Style." Was that the other one? Yeah, Style Style, style is another good one too. Yeah, and, these these are these are uh, decent songs to say the least. Uh, and uh, I hadn't really thought of it really until he mentioned. It. I said, "Yeah, 
You know, there's good stuff here. There's also one called uh, "Keep Coming Back to Love," co-written with Hamish Stewart. Right. That's a, that's that's a good track. Um, now I know there's something out there called "Is It Off the Ground?" The complete works. Yeah. Works. Yeah. 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 Which I don't I don't have actually, but uh, boy, would I would I like to see some of this stuff uh, come out more when he does when he does the off the ground, which I hope you're going to do, Paul. I know you're watching. <laughs> put that out, you know. <laughs> After you get to back to the egg in London town, you know, later on you can put it out. Uh, and I'll finish off with Soggy Noodle, which doesn't really do much for me. Uh, no. It's an instrumental short thing, really, for my memory of it. Yeah. And um, that's my two and a half cents trying to squeeze it in, not taking too long. Oh no! Well, you know it's it's great you mentioned the complete works because that I I have that and mm. it really changed my opinion of of off the ground because the first time I heard it I I liked I mean I liked Hope of Deliverance which by the way our friend uh, Rob Gertson said it was a big hit in the Netherlands I believe he mm. said but so like yeah but boy it didn't do that much yeah. I mean it, I, I remember seeing the video for it on VH1 and and that sort of thing but I don't remember it being like a big hit here um, but uh, but I love that and I actually like Peace in the Neighborhood I I, yeah, love, I that. love that song that's a good song so I mean there were like a few tracks I liked but I I thought oh this just isn't really connecting with me quite as much and then i found and it was an import at the time i remember being so excited finding this this uh complete works and it really changed my my view i couldn't believe all these other songs i mean i i hadn't heard you know a number of them because they were b-sides and i missed those singles and um you know it, it to me it really transformed the album and uh, and I thought, okay, you know, I th he did some great stuff during that period. I wish he had included those so many of those songs on the final album. But yeah, um, yeah. but it really, yeah, that that album definitely changed my my whole perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would definitely say "Hobo Deliverance," the CD single, is just priceless. Those four songs, I mean, they're all really strong. By the way, "Hobo Deliverance," I'm pretty sure was also a big hit in Spain. Mm. Sometimes if you follow what Paul does live on tour throughout the world, he'll play songs that were popular in that region, yeah. which is, you know, the whole beef with Mull of Kintyre, you know, <laughs> but uh, he has done Hope of Deliverance, I believe, in Spain and in South America. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, but Long Leather Coat is such a killer rocker. Yeah, I, I wish that. I wish he would do that live. I really do. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. Kick around no more is such a beautiful song, and and I think it took a lot of guts to do Big Boys Bickering. I don't mind Paul yeah. using the F word. You know, it's, it's appropriate it in this case. You know, um, he rarely ever does it. Yeah. You know, so um, one song that you forgot to mention was I can't imagine. Right. Mm. Oh yeah, and I have it written <laughs> down here too. Yeah. Yeah, that's because in, in parentheses I have okay. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine how I could have forgotten it. Yeah, but that's a real nice one. All those bonus tracks, really, for the most part, are, are really strong. Uh, yeah, Style of yeah. Style has got a really cool rhythm track to it. It's got like a maybe an R and B feel. You know, it's very different. I yeah. like what he. These are all just to our advantage to get all these extra songs. And uh, but I probably would make a few changes and put some of that material. I definitely would put, um, you know, along with the code on the album. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and kicked around no more. And uh, maybe I can't imagine on there. 
Um, maybe style. big boys bickering. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. The only songs that I might change. I mean, <laughs> I love biker like an icon musically what's going on. I'm not too crazy about the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, uh, that, that's really about it. You know, right. hard to, I, I really like most of, of off the ground period. Mm. I'm a big fan yeah. of, uh, of, um, oh, I can't think of it. Of geez. Oh, I'm drawing a blank here. I'm tired. What's the one that hey Jude for the ages? I can't. Come on, people. Come, come on, on, people. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people think. It, I know it got slammed uh, in the review because it had a lot of uh, cliche kind of words. They they said in, in some of the critics and stuff like that. But uh, I really think that builds to a real nice uh, crescendo. I really I really like that song, and uh, I'm a fan. Uh, you know what? Wine Dark Open Sea is another song that kind of goes on too long. Mm-hmm. You it's know, one of maybe, my favorites on the album, but yeah, it's yeah. five minutes. Yeah, it's a little long. Minutes. I do like I do yeah. like it, but it is a little on the long side. Uh, and something like "Get Out of My Way." I mean, I like I, I like "Rockers" by Paul, but the, there's certain ones. Maybe you guys know what I mean. It just they just seem like tossed off. Just a generic kind of just another rocker just to to rock. I don't know. To me, that sounds like a, just a, a throwaway rocket. It's it goes down easy. I can enjoy it. But nothing outstanding to me on that. But you need something to rock mm. on an album, I guess. Maybe they could have put a long leather coat on it instead if you didn't mm. do that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. If it's one or the other, I'd pick long leather coat. When Paul wrote Get Out of My Way, he wrote it in a Chuck Berry type fashion. He wanted it to be like right. a Chuck Berry song, and it does have that kind of feel to it. Mm. I think so, yeah. anyway. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, um, the, all those bonus tracks, B-sides, that's the I mean if you added get um off the ground and wine dark open sea in my opinion it's with all of these b-sides and bonus tracks I think personally that would have made it 10 times better off the ground and one that I would have called a masterpiece <laughs> you know my opinion um all all of these tracks that that you've mentioned uh sweet sweet memories keep you know keep coming back to love long leather coat style style big boys bickering kicked around no more all of these I think are are excellent McCartney tracks that would have made an excellent album, and uh, it's a shame that that wasn't the album, in my opinion. I love I love Ooh. Off the Ground, the, tr- the track, yeah. and that's a little yeah. silly with the la 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 stuff, but yeah. I think it's catchy right. as hell. I, I love just, yeah. 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 But those songs that you mentioned, Tom, you would mm-hmm. replace, say, Mistress I would, of Maid, Iowa yes. Off to You, and I would, I'd replace the lovers right. that never were. I, have yeah. to say, oh, I never, took a chance. Yeah. I'm the only guy in the universe. I know. Heart. I'm not, <laughs> I know. McManus thing didn't yeah. work for me. So, except for back yeah, back. I, you know, I would replace, <laughs> you know, you know, um, peace in the neighborhood. I would replace, come on, people. I would replace uh, hope come with deliverance. People. I would replace looking oh. for changes. Those are, I, I am not the biggest fan of when my favorite artists. Do a either a protest song or a statement Uh-oh. song or a political song. I'm just not the biggest fan of it. I mean, because it separates people too. And I just don't think that's the way to go. I in my just it's just my opinion. You know. So But it's okay. Well, okay. it depends. Well, I was gonna say something. It I mean, I mean, let me ask you this, Joe. I mean, you're you're a big fan of saying this comment. I mean, is he practicing pre- preaching practices with this album? 
Well, I say that because everybody's always picking on on him for uh, John Le- John Lennon, telling him right. that he was preaching practices, and now he's hypocritically preaching practices with his mm-hmm. Eat Free Mondays and stuff like that. So right. that's why I say that. I say it as a kind of hypocritical thing. Right. But it's good to hear Paul do it, to have a little bit of, what's the word for it, a little, a little onions once in a while, and come out <laughs> and do something a little more than just, I love you, my dear, I love you. Right. you know, I, I like that. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. You know, I yeah. don't want the same no, old, yeah. same old. And There's plenty of room for that. Right. <laughs> he's often uh, accused of being so safe as yes. an artist. So yeah. when he speaks That's his mind point. and says things, whether yeah. it's about animal rights or something political, you know, it doesn't happen that often. So no. you and know, he's but even when he does try. Yeah, and he's earned the right to do. Yeah, he's earned yeah. the right to do whatever he's want. He wants to do, in my opinion. If he wants to do that, I'm, I'm for it. Good. Do it. It just doesn't mean that if it's good. I mean, if it's if I don't like it, you know, it's then I consider it. I don't consider it a failure. I just don't like it. I mean, I'm just happy yeah. that he has, like you said, Joe, the onions to do, you know, to go off script. <laughs> I don't know what word to use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But but uh, but he does take the safe way out too. I mean, it's like if, if there's something that's really not popular to to uh, protest or whatever, he's not. He, I don't think he would necessarily do it unless uh, maybe give Ireland back to the Irish. Maybe would mm-hmm. be an, an exception, um, right? Which is mm-hmm. another good a good song. It's another yeah. good song I enjoy. Sure. Yeah. All right, Kit. Did you want to add anything to? To Joe's uh, off the ground. Yeah, I mean, real. Um, I, I, sorry, I could never replace "Peace in the Neighborhood" and "Come On, People." <laughs> I yeah. couldn't do it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, um, I just think, uh, as I said, that that off the the Complete Works album really changed my view of of the album. Really showed what a creative period this was for him. Um, and I, I just, you know, so wish that they had. You know, inc- uh, he had included like "Long Leather Coat" was the real the song that has stuck with me the most over the years. I just uh, yeah. uh, uh, that one is just so. I mean, it's such a rocker, and mm-hmm. it's very you know it's catchy. And yes, it has it has you know message, which you know, in my opinion, hey, that's fine. Uh, but it's uh, but I I just think you know had he has some great vocals on there, um, and uh, just a rocker. Wish he had included that, um, and there were some others, but um, you know, but that's the one that real like you know I was thinking as I was preparing for this, I was thinking about some of these B-sides that have really stuck with me over time, the ones that really I, I remember, and Long Leather Coat is one of them, and Flying to My Home actually mm-hmm. was, the, was the other yeah. one, but uh, but yeah. yeah, I think Off the Ground's just a fascinating album, looking at it from that that standpoint, how, how some bonus just putting together an album with some bonus tracks can change the whole album, you know, the whole hey, original if he, album. If, if yeah. they get to an archives of it, that I think it'll get the. Oh, it'll be a phenomenal archive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, looking at the time, we're we're running a little long here. Um, but before we get to everybody's information and what they got coming up, does anybody want to shout out for some of their other favorite B sides? Um, Ken. Wow. Uh, <laughs> how much time do we have? Oh, another Daytime, show. Daytime, nighttime suffering is one <laughs> yeah. of my favorites. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, for yes. many years, I've said Sally G is a masterpiece. Yeah. It's as perfect a country song as you could possibly make. Um, I love a woman, a why. Um, Rain clouds. 
<laughs> uh, not so much rain clouds. I think that Check deserves to be a B. <laughs> rain clouds deserve to be a B side. I like. I'll give you a ring a lot. Oh, love. Yeah, that's oh, one yeah. of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me pass it over to you so I don't steal any more. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no yeah. that's uh, that's actually. I mean, just just off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, I I just you know, daytime nighttime suffering was a uh, yeah absolute uh, absolute gem. Um and uh, and then yeah, I'll give you a ring is is absolutely one of my my favorite. Uh, uh, of his B sides, and I'm um, I'm I'm blanking I'm blanking out. Was Sally G a B side or was yes. that? Yeah. Was, yep. that's what I thought. Junior's Farm. That's but it what actually, I thought. It actually was like a double sided hit here because yeah. it charted yeah. on the Good country point. charts. Yeah, mm -hmm. and yeah, that's a great. I mean, I've, I've, in fact, we when we did our country show last year, I really gained, you know, even more appreciation for how how, how fun and uh, you know that song yeah. is. Nice, nice right. tribute uh, to uh, country music. So those are just a few off the top of my head, but yeah, we've got way more to cover yeah. <laughs> in future episodes. A lot it's of great ones out there. One song that I always love, but I love so much more now than I ever have, is "I Lie Around." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love the whole buildup in it. I like the yeah. alternating vocals between Danny Lane and Paul McCartney in there. Yeah. It's such it it fits that whole acoustic country wildlife, <laughs> you know, kind yeah. of vibe, you know. And uh, she reminds me of Country Dreamer, by the way. Yeah, uh, another country. one. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. We got some love for all the koala bear right there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah, yeah that's that. a fun song. Huh? Silly so, as right. hell, but a great, good, a good, catchy song. And I'm going to put in a vote for nothing for free. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Perfect. All right. Well, we're definitely going to do this again. There's, there's plenty of, of, of albums of in Paul's catalog where he recorded enough material that it could have been a double album, you know. And we'll, uh, we'll get back to this uh, series uh, soon in the future. But. Um, all right, you guys, Kit, what do you got coming up? Well, since I'm just sort of getting back into the swing of things since uh, the holiday break, um, I, I don't have anything to you know, report that's coming out immediately, but um, my Deep Beatles and Deep Soul Calms will be returning soon. Uh, I also uh, will have um, uh, we'll continue my series on classic R&B and, and how it built uh, rock and roll over at Culture Sonar, um, working on some, uh, you know, some upcoming uh, podcast appearances, uh, one of which you know about, Tom. And, uh, you know, so there's uh, a lot coming up. So as always, just uh, follow me on uh, my, uh, you know, my website and my Facebook page. And uh, I'll you know, give you all the info of when uh, when my new stuff will be coming up. So, right. what what is coming up soon? A lot in the works. Oh, yes. All right. Cool. Joe, my friend, what's going on in your world? Uh, well, uh, please consider subscribing to my YouTube channel, which is Mean Mister Mayo, and I just did a video where I was talking about a Beatles memorabilia item that I bought, and I. I got rooked in a way because it was a fake, and uh, that inspired me to show it, but also to get a conversation going about how it's been that people have been duping and making counterfeit uh, Beatle memorabilia for like three decades or something now, and it's really mm. hard sometimes to tell the mm. difference. And I got taken, but luckily uh, I'm able going to be able to return it. But uh, check cool. out that video. It's my latest video. Cool. 
Awesome. Um, in the two legs world, um, as Ken uh, said earlier, we had our, a guest author on our show uh, in between uh, the last episode of Talk More Talk and this episode. His name is Ted Montgomery, and um, he is going to release a book, hopefully this month, called The Paul McCartney Catalog, which is going to be dealing with all of uh, McCartney's input, uh, including classical uh, covers and experimental, and uh, we look forward to, to uh, getting that. He came on to talk about what we could expect on uh, or in the book, I should say, and that was a lot of fun talking with him. So, And then we also, um, last week, we posted our, um, our an episode where we did our 20, our top 20 songs of the last 10 years. So we, from 2000 10 to 2000 to the end of 2019 we count down our uh, top 20 songs of the last decade and we had a lot of fun with that as well uh you can hop over to our youtube page two legs a paul mccartney podcast so you can please subscribe to that to see our uh, lovely mugs uh for that version of the show and uh or you can hop over to uh podbean and uh, type in two legs with the uh with the number two and then legs uh, you can find us there itunes and we are now on um iHeartRadio as well. So we are uh, slowly but surely uh, getting getting out there. Uh, so a lot of lot of fun things coming up in 2020 as well. And oh. uh, Ken Michaels, uh, what's up with you, my friend? So two legs has a lot of legs right now. We have a lot of legs, <laughs> and, and we are running, my friend. We are running. <laughs> I want to hear that show of your top uh, yeah. 20, 20 of the last 20, yeah, years. Top, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, our, uh, our musical contributor, Dylan Seavey, joined us for that show as well. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, a lot of good songs. It wasn't his most productive decade, but um, there's still a lot of quality songs uh, to choose from. Okay. Um, as for me, let's start with Every Little Thing. Um, the live version of that show, which Tom described earlier, I couldn't do be a better job, um, <laughs> will be this Wednesday on WNHU, which you can stream at WNHU.org at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It's only an hour long. It's a mixture of Beatles and Solo, Beatle News, and a thematic set. And since it's January 8th, this Wednesday, and that's Elvis Presley's birthday, when he would be 85, if you can believe that. It's gonna be a Beatles and Elvis set, so it's all Beatles saluting Elvis with his music, and I'll be doing that. Um, I also have the syndicated version of Every Little Thing, and if you wanna know all the stations that carry that, there's 38 stations in total, you can find that on my website at kenmichaelsradio.com. Also on the website, I have Beatles trivia every single week. You could win, uh, nine prizes you can pick from. Mm. You can win Ken Womack's new book, Solid State. You can win Kit's book, Songs You Were Singing. It's back on, on the page. Um, <laughs> or Peter Asher's new book. Uh, that's just three of nine that you could pick from with this week's Beatles trivia, which happens to concern, since it's the anniversary of the Beatles' deck audition recordings, it's a trivia question about that. Okay. Oh. And uh, my podcast show, Things We Said Today, with uh, Alan Cozen and Darren DeVivo. We're recording tomorrow, and it should be out Thursday or Friday. Um, we're going to be doing the same thing we did on our last show, which mm. is talk about our favorite moments of 2019 with a wish list for uh, 2020. So we'll get right. those guys' perspectives on that. That's always a fun thing to do. Yeah. And so um, that'll be on YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean.com. So look for that Thursday or Friday. 
Cool. I'm glad you're yeah. still doing those because I remember you, you've been doing that since the uh, uh, Steve Mariucci years, where it was just you and Steve. Oh, you know, much further yeah. back than that. Yeah. Okay. When I was doing my show in New Jersey for 10 years okay. on WDHA, it was always at the end of the year. Gotcha. The highlights of the year. And what do you want for the next year? So I, cool. I always love doing that. Cool. cool. Awesome. All right. Kid, I think I found a way that a new way for you to sign your books. That you oh, can, yeah? Yeah. And you, you can also include that wonderful lipstick that you got. Just, you know, put the lipstick <laughs> on and kiss the inner page. That's your signature. <laughs> That that'll be part of the next uh, kiddo toolkit that uh, okay. Ken will cool. will have. That's great. Yep, I'll just I'll personally sign yeah. it like that. That's a yeah. great idea. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you very much. This has been another fun episode. We really appreciate everybody hanging out with us for you know an hour, hour and a half each, uh, or every other week, I should say. Um, Only contact oh, information. <laughs> go for it, kiddo <laughs> Just uh, just if you want to email us, uh, just uh, uh, email us with uh, we you know love to hear your ideas and and your feedback. Uh, talk more, uh, excuse me. Talk more solo talk at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at talk more talk one. That's the number one. Um, and of course, you can follow us on Facebook. We are on Instagram, but we're we haven't really figured out quite yet how to kind of integrate it into our program but we will work on it so as soon as we get our our uh you know our thing uh, our account up and running fully we'll let you know but you could definitely find us on twitter facebook and email us great awesome thank you guys um so as always for me mr mayo kit o'toole ken michaels i am tom hunyadi saying Yesterday, today was tomorrow, and tomorrow, today <laughs> will be yesterday. So Profound. long, everybody. <laughs> Bye, Bye everybody. So